Hey there, guys. Welcome back to the Better Opinion Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Green. This is my co-host, Brock. Brock, buddy, you sound like shit. Feel like shit. You're sick again. 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 You seem to be children sick a lot. <laughs> children are plague bearers. True. And nobody should have one. You know, I think uh, with all the Dark Tide I've been playing, um, I've learned a lot about people who worship Nurgle. And I think Nurgle's greatest... Uh, creations as children, because children <laughs> spread disease more than well, anything. I, I guess Papa Nurgle is just giving me his blessing, because <laughs> that's where I am now. Well, I'm sorry you're feeling bad, but it seems to be like everyone I know right now is is not feeling great. Um, it's flu season. It's just yeah. I actually need to go get my flu shot. Um, yeah, might be had a booster in a while, so I'm probably gonna go do that later. But. We got some interesting topics today, um, and uh, I know we wanted to talk about a few. I'm pretty interested in all of them. However, uh, I have one that isn't on our list that I wanted to to kind of like get your thoughts on. Sure. So I have I have God of War Ragnarok, and um, I know a few people who have been um, who have been uh, uh, playing it and talking about it. And um, one of the things that I noticed. Uh, was how many writers were on the staff. Now, don't get me wrong, like video games usually have a lot of writers, especially big yeah. games, because like someone does the main story, someone does like side quests, someone does like uh, some other things, you know, sometimes multiple people do different side quests. Like that's not super uncommon. Um, yeah. But man, the cast of people who are in charge of the story writing, um, People like Anthony Birch. Our boy Anthony Birch is on the Ragnarok writing crew. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not usually one to talk about, like, agenda pushing, but there are certain people in the game industry that for some reason constantly get work while constantly producing things that are not good. You know, and you know, like, you don't know why they keep getting work. They just do. Like, like yeah, the thing sells well, but it doesn't sell well because of them. It sells well despite them. You yeah. know? Um, he did really well in the early Borderlands stuff, but he wasn't such a, um, I'm trying not to use like a right wing charged word to describe him, but he, yeah. he was, he was just a little bit more funny and a little bit less weird back then. Yeah. The, like, uh, like I still remember, I, I think this was Anthony Birch. Do you remember the, the badass creator of Badassitude? Yes. Uh, DLC. And, you know, Mr. Torg is just like, that sentence had too many syllables. Apologize. Apologize. Like, yeah. Like, I love that. And <laughs> yeah, I really, really like that. It was funny. Or like the fact that there's someone like Mr. Torg's grandma is there and it's just Mr. Torg in a dress. Yeah. Yeah. And, like she just drones on and on and on and on. But then like if you don't pay attention or if you walk away, she stops talking. But you can't just ignore her and stand next to her because you have to act. She'll quiz you on what she was talking about. And like, I don't know. It's funny. It is funny. And, and then I don't know. Then Borderlands 3 happened. Yeah, I just so one of the things I was thinking about is and, and who knows if this is true, but Anthony Birch like tweeted out um, that he was uh, that he tried really hard while writing to make Kratos talk about kissing guys. Um, and I, I mean, you know, Kratos is Greek, whatever, like we can make all the excuses in the world. Uh, we could, um, 
you know, and I don't I don't give a shit what the sexual orientation of any character in a video game is, because generally I'm only there for the gameplay unless it's my character that I created. Well, yeah, like the, the real question is, is, is it even relevant to the character? Right. I like, think I think that's what it is. Right. So so I guess my question to you is, how do you feel about it? Because how I feel is if you just gave me, you know, if you just wrote a character like um, Varys in League of Legends is like two guys who are lovers merged together by a demon. Yeah, they did you know? the fusion dance. They did the fusion dance. And I mean, like, that's fine. I, I'm not bothered by that. Like, cool. You know, I mean, there's some old lore was cooler. I don't know what his old lore was. His his old lore was basically he was like a guardian for this Ionian temple that had a demon in it. And when the Noxian invasion of Ionia happened, he was like, well, the demon's probably going to kill everyone, but the Noxians are definitely going to kill everyone. So I'm going to make a deal with the demon and he's going to constantly like eat my life force away. But in turn, he's going to give me powers to protect Ionia. Isn't that still kind of the same lore, just readjusted? Uh, I think it's. I think they kept some of it. Don't but... they still? Isn't it still the Noxian invasion, and it's still the two of them like jump into the pit together to grab the bow, to fight? Yeah, them? something like that. I don't. I don't remember there being a second person. I think they might have added that retroactively. I could be wrong. I. I, but... I could be wrong. Now I think. I, now I'm wondering if I'm full of shit. Um, Varus backstory, League of Legends. Um, let's take a look. Um. Because I don't want to be full of crap. Uh, let's see. Okay, so that's about the Darken. Um, blah, blah, blah. Temple Hell. Um, let's see. Yeah, like he wasn't an Ascended before. Okay. And all, uh, well, yeah, but that's because they redid the Darken lore, right? So uh. Darken originally were just whatever, and now Darken are. Um, ascended who went bad and then were like sealed in weapons so two beast hunters velmar and his heartlight kai his lover heartlight okay fought against the first wave of the temple of palace so their courage was great they drove off the attackers kai was mortally wounded and a grief-stricken Val carried him inside believing the wells forbidden magic would restore him both hunters were consumed by the unleashed power of the dark within the very matter of their body was unraveled and bound together again yeah so that's exactly it they redid the lore to make the darken fit with uh with mm. with the ascended thing, the new Darken lore, and then they I, made yeah, it... I think it was just a random demon before. Right, right, right. All of the de Darken weapons were just random demons, and then they mm -hmm. like made them have like lore that fit together, right? So you have Rost, and you have um, Aatrox, and you have all of those, right? Did, um, they, did they ever end up making Jax be like a Darken? No, is that a thing? No, no, no. What they did with Jax is Jax was originally just such a Chad that he stopped using weapons and started using a lamppost because he was like, I can literally beat anyone with anything. Yeah, um, but like, there's a lot of people that have like a tinfoil hat on because they'll release like new Jax art and then there'll be like a spooky shadow with like evil eyes somewhere well, on it. Well, that, well, so. that's the thing. They, well, I, don't, I guess those people haven't read the lore because that makes sense because Jax's new lore is that he was a guardian of a city that was consumed by the void and his lamp carries a flame that is like the last flame from the temple there that can ward off the void. So mm. he uses the flame as a weapon uh, to fight void creatures. So now instead of being a cool Chad, he's like a sad monk out to save the world because he's the last of his kind.
boring. Yeah, I know. Um, so going back though, like I don't care about the Varus. So you notice how like it's like cool, whatever. They changed the lore about Varus, but it's fine. We don't give a shit about it, right? Yeah. Um, like so. So the argument that I always make is if Mario was gay tomorrow, would anything about the Mario games change? Well, it would make the cake make more sense. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I so baked you a like, cake because we're gonna have tea time. You know, like. Yeah. I don't know. I want to get our hair done together later. I mean, like, that's... yeah, but like overall, the gameplay of Mario games doesn't change because of the sexual orientation of the character. So it was like an unnecessary addition. Yeah, it's it, just you know. like, it's like, why are you telling me? Like, why does it matter? Yeah, like, so I remember when people were like, SpongeBob is asexual because he shows no sexual interest in anyone in the show. Like, sure. Well, he's a fucking cartoon character. He's I don't a sponge. Know. He's a sea sponge who like... looks like a kitchen sponge. Yeah, like, I just don't think it matters. But, you know, that's the thing is, like, a lot of the time when I'm looking at um, this kind of stuff, what bothers me, so this is the part where, where I'm curious what you think, is what bothers me is it feels like there are people in the industry who, like I said, despite them, they keep getting work because uh, despite their best efforts, the games they work on do well enough. And these people have an agenda but not an agenda like a long-term plan just like in everything they must they do they must be quote-unquote progressive you know yeah so it's like i must try my hardest to make kratos talk about kissing guys why like why is that super important you know yeah um, i don't i don't get it i had this pr the same problem with uh neil Druckmann. yeah because he the druckster yeah, because, like, I think, it was, what was her name? Uh, Amy Henning. Amy Henning did a lot of the writing for the first Last of Us game, and it was really good. Mm -hmm. And uh, Neil Druckmann took a more lead role in the second game, and I think it's really obvious. obvious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I thought, I thought Amy Henning's story writing was a lot better. I thought it made things a little more nuanced. Sure. And then Neil Druckmann... Am I allowed to spoil Last of Us 2? That game came out, what, like four years ago? Oh, if you're listening, I don't know, skip 10 minutes ahead. But, I mean, yeah. honestly, like, if Last of Us 2... My rule of thumb is, is that you've got six months. Oh, that's that's a lot That's a lot more uh, extreme than me. I give people, like, a year. But, yeah, same idea. Well, I you've got six months to play... Listen, if a game is new, you've got six months to play it. If you're not going to play it within six months, you're not pressed. You're, yeah, I guess you don't really care enough. So anyways, like Neil Neil Druckmann takes a week tried to, to that make, game. Yeah. He tried to make Joel and Ellie's decision to you know be as they are a lot more morally gray when it really wasn't. Like in the Last of Us universe, what is the biggest problem that the people in it have? Zombies? I would say each other. I would oh, say okay. each other is more important. Because, like, if they cured the zombie virus, and it's not even guaranteed, because they just wanted to make some magical vaccine from Ellie's DNA. The vaccine. Which wasn't even guaranteed. Yeah, and it wasn't even guaranteed to work. And basically, they're like, yeah, we're just going to, like, kill this girl and, like, hope that in doing so we create a cure. But even if they did, they would still be starved for resources. People would still be separated and stuck in close-knit groups. They would still be, like... It, you know invading each other and stealing each other's stuff sure it, there's just no zombies anymore right 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 the zombie hazard is gone but so everyone like, else is still at war yeah so so when joel says 
uh, I don't like this idea. I'm not going to let you go through with it. And then they're like, okay, well, we're just going to kill you then. And then he kills them and takes Ellie. It's like a lot more understandable. And then Neil Druckmann goes, but what if like the guy saved a zebra once? <laughs> and it's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree. Um, I, I I don't really like people like like um, Drucky Boy who are so sure that they are that their stories are important and meaningful and tell something important and they're usually contrived. Um, this is how I feel about like modern film. Um, you know, I found it a little bit offensive that everyone was is going like Wakanda forever about um, Black Panther, and I'm like what's the moral of the story here because if you're trying because they'll like do it like they'll be like oh for black history month let's all go watch black panther and i'm like wakanda isn't real and if it was um i don't think this is a very good story about uh progressive you know uh, black issues very xenophobic isolationist country that has all of the resources and tools to help the world and chooses not to. Yeah, like, like they not only did they not help the world, they didn't even help their neighbors. Like, the people directly outside the barrier are farming cattle with a stick, you know, while they're, like, you know, living in... Milking a, rhinos yeah, for some reason. They've got, like, super factories right inside the city, you know what I mean? Like, we're talking about the most advanced technology in the world. You know, the, the, the camouflage, levitation, and and they can't even help the guys just out outside. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, they also just have like their technology levels are so high that someone, someone in the movies was sick, and they just brought them to Wakanda, and they opened up a computer screen screen and was like, "Oh, that's what's wrong with him," and then they immediately fixed it. Right. So they could just solve all like the, ignore the world. They could just solve all of Africa's problems, and they've just chosen not to and you want to be like yeah 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 wakanda wakanda forever you know so it's the same idea of like a complete disconnect of understanding of what it means to be good um and what is important to like what 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 actually matters to the world and so people write these like really contrived stories that are just sort of intellectually bankrupt to try to like convince you that they're good i mean it, the end of last of us 2 is literally just uh revenge is bad Listen. Except when it isn't. Yeah, except for when it isn't. No one's confused about this. There is no one in the world right now who says revenge is very good. Every story I've read has said revenge is very good. But you want to know something funny about revenge? Lots of stories talk about how bad it is. But if you ever talk to someone who's gotten revenge on their enemies before? Yeah, it feels real good. It feels real good. They're real happy about it. They go on with their life going, I'm glad I did that. Yeah. Like I, you know, like people who fucked you over getting their just desserts, uh, it feels great. Speaking firsthand, it feels great. And you never regret it for the rest of your life. So like yeah. I I'm sure some people feel guilt. I'm sure there's a few people out there who are like my needful revenge drove me insane. But like most people would be happy about it. They'd be like finally, closure. Yeah, it, I I feel like why do you think if, our justice system is the way it is in America? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how it is there. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's re retributive justice, right? Like, you can... The idea of the justice system is you're convicted, you go to jail, you serve your time, and then you're put back into society. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't actually work like that. No. Because you're still ostracized from society once you get out. You're a felon. 
you can't vote anymore. Mm. You can't go on planes anymore. I think the uh, voting thing is wrong. I've always said prisoners should be allowed to vote. Uh, I think that um, it, it's it's sort of, it, I mean, I don't know how it is in Canada, but in the U.S., the idea that, like, you've been convicted of a crime, so therefore you don't have rights anymore. I'm like, well, hold, wait, hold on. That doesn't really fit into the whole scenario of, of America, where it's like, you should uh, be represented. And the idea that, like, oh, you've committed a crime, so therefore you can't vote for your representative anymore. It's like, we're taking away all your rights. That doesn't seem, uh, doesn't it's seem a correct weird. to me. Like, don't get me wrong. My city has a very bad uh, drug problem. Sure. Because what will happen is uh, people will be sent to jail. And when they get into, in jail, they detox. And then once they're sent, once they get out of jail, they're given a bus ticket to my city specifically. And they're dropped off downtown where the other drug addicts immediately, like revert them back to also doing drugs that doesn't make a whole lot of sense most drug well, addicts need yeah. long-term therapy like you don't the the well that's a well, that's another story because drug addiction is uh a disease a mental disease and needs to be i mean it's a physical disease it's a representation of an addictive personality and that needs to be yeah addressed. well it, it has physical and mental problems yeah and so okay so but my my point is is like you know going back to the games is it's like people want to say they want to pretend that they have this like deep, meaningful thing to say, this valuable lesson for everyone. And that it's not meaningful or valuable. I didn't need your lesson in life. You know, like it, I've heard it a million times. We've the, yeah. Neil Druckmann's story is just like half of the of the books they made us read in high school. You know? Yeah. Like, did you did you ever read um, uh, Death of a Salesman? Yeah. In school? Yeah. yeah. Like it's the same idea, right? Of like this, what, like you know, he—I forget his name—but he has the gun, mm -hmm. and he's like, "Do I do this? Like, it'll it'll make my life a lot better." But like, what does that mean to me as a person if I do go through with it? Right. And that was—I think that's a little more nuanced and interesting than guys, guys. What if like Abby got revenge, and then Ellie tried to get revenge on Abby, but revenge is bad, so she a Abby is. N Abby gets away and Ellie's just unhappy and all the people have left her because for pursuit of revenge. Right. And it's like, okay, well, Abby got to fucking beat Joel's head in with a golf club. Yeah. That felt pretty good. I, um, I, I, the idea of not being able to finally just fucking kill her because they tried so hard to make her seem redeemable and tell her story from her side. And, um, all I thought the entire time was like, like when they make you play with the dog. So yeah, you have empathy for the dog. Yeah, and I didn't have any because I'm like, okay, I mean, like, like yeah, like dogs, you know, don't deserve to die, but like, eh, you know, this this world sucks. It's a pretty horrible place. Oh, this dog is trying to eat my face. I'm going to shoot it with my gun. Yeah, like, you know, this isn't <laughs> someone's fucking Jack Russell. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was like a big German Shepherd. I'm yeah, it was sure. a German Shepherd. Yeah, and so it's like, um. You know, they're trying to make her feel redeemable, and I didn't feel that way. The whole time I was like, man, this bitch, like, murdered Joel in cold blood. Like, Joel he, killed yeah. her dad, but he killed her dad because he had to, right? Because, yeah, because he was trying to kill, effectively, his daughter. Well, in his, you know, like, so here's the framing, right? The framing is, 
you know, she's not really his daughter. Joel was given a job to get her. He did the job. And then he decided to project his lost daughter onto Ellie. Yeah. And well, as I said, effectively his daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm trying to, for the listener, describe, ah. like, why it's a moral quandary, right? Because he's yeah. not really right. It's not his daughter, right? And he is just using her as a surrogate for his own issues, right? Like, she didn't ask, be my dad, you know? Yeah. And, um... And so the 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 issue there is that like he gets there and then he's like you're gonna kill her I I'm not comfortable with this and then he's like well then I'm then we're gonna you know kill you if you know you're gonna try to stop us and so then he decided to kill them so the moral quandary is like yeah he could have just left or he could have just not delivered her right um, so he is in the wrong but well, they also baited him because they they uh, didn't say what they were going to do they just said that they were gonna like take some skin grafts or some shit right yeah so it's like it's like it's it's morally gray whether you know him killing all of those people but at the end of the day they would have killed him if he hadn't killed them at that point so he had to do it right yes yeah, so, so ba basically it was like the he didn't he Joel's... didn't walk up kidnap the doctor and then beat him to death with a golf club you know yeah because like joel's whole thing was he delivered them to the fireflies and then the fireflies were like, job well done. Uh, we're going to take your stuff. Get the fuck out. Right. And uh, and he's like, okay, what are you going to do to her? And she's like, oh, we're going to basically kill her. Right. For, to, make, to make a cure. And Joel says, uh, but that's dumb because you're not even like, how do you even know that'll work? And they're like, eh. And then he goes, well, I don't think I'm really okay with letting my surrogate daughter die for a chance at a cure. Right. Uh, so... No. These kinds of stories are also really stupid to me because I've read other books that do the same plot of like, you've got one immune person to a disease, so we're going to like dissect their brain, which will kill them. And I'm always like, wouldn't you want to do that as like the last possible result because you've only got the one? Like you've got yeah, one you, you person. Yeah, you would want to do as many non-lethal things as possible. Right. Would you not? Because you'd want access to material in is, as indefinitely as possible. Right? Like it doesn't make much sense. This is this is always just a, a moral bullshit thing they do. You know, they did it in the the Maze Runner kids books, right? Like, yeah, like it's it's like, all right, you know, time to do something that's going to be very difficult for everyone to accept because we've just decided that's the best option. You know, um, yeah. And I apologize if you hear my cats playing around. They they always sound like they're fighting, but if you go look at them, they're just like licking each other. <laughs> Like they're not yeah. actually fighting, um, they're just wrestling. But yeah, uh, I don't think I've been hearing them. Well, I'm starting to hear them, so I'm uh. warning ahead of time. Um, but uh, but so so, you know, going back, reeling it back to the original point, I feel like often these story, these people who write these stories, you know, they're just a bunch of industry insiders, and they're all patting each other on the back. I mean, we remember how Last of Us Two got like nominated for every video game award. Well, the video game awards is a yes. scam. It's a scam run by yeah. scammers who are all just patting each other on the back to sell each other's games. That's that's what it really I, I, is. Yeah, I feel like I feel like when you look at the nominees, you can almost just tell what's gonna win. Yeah, right. Like I, I don't know what what, what uh, VGA twenty twenty one. I just wanna I just wanna look and winners. Wow, it takes two one one game of the year last year. 
Yeah, it was a very good game. I I I kind of railed against it last year. Like, really EA, really EA games gets it. But when I played that, I played that with Emerald on my birthday last year. We were like drunk on stream playing it, and yeah. it it was a really great time. <laughs> so yeah, so like best best narrative, Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't believe you. Uh, I heard really good things. I I I don't know. I I've heard. Well, I, I mostly care about games from a gameplay perspective. I actually don't know anything about the story, so I'll take your word for it. I, I, I didn't that play the it, but I... gameplay itself is kind of garbage. Uh, I don't know. I heard... I People told me that it was fantastic. So, I don't know. Yeah. But I, I didn't play it, so... I wouldn't know. I'm actually really surprised. 2021 has the most varied awards uh, at the VGAs that I've ever seen. Wow. Did you guys just like decide to grow a spine last year? No, I think there was just a lot of options and everybody needed a, pie, a piece of the pie. Like um, it takes two, Death Loop, Guardians of the Galaxy, Near Replicant, uh, Life is Strange, Finally, like Genshin Impact, Forza Five, like, Eternal. I I feel like um, when you when because i remember i talked about this at the time i definitely don't think 2021 um where are you seeing these results i'm trying to find it myself um, uh rate oops i didn't want that one I want this one yeah this this was a much more digestible list here we go it's on it's actually on their wiki so best game direction was death loop i didn't like death loop that much did you play it um, I own it. I got it from a Humble Bundle. I've never actually touched it. I always feel like when something ends up in a Humble Bundle, it's a good example of something that wasn't as great as everyone pretended it was. Because games that, like, there are games that never end up in a Humble Bundle, right? And it can be from the yeah. same creator as someone that does. I feel like games that end up in a Humble Bundle, it's always like, eh, this game had a lot of hype, but it fell off. Whereas, like, games that are eternally good never end up in a Humble Bundle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe I'm wrong here, but that's my experience with Humble Bundles is I'm always just like, this is the runner-ups of the year. I find that there's always like one game that's in a bundle that's actually worth playing. And then there's like nine shovelwares. I'll give it, it had good art direction. Um, I don't really know if it beats Psychonauts 2. I loved Psychonauts 2. It's art direction. Like, yeah. So th this is so 2020 was Last of Us Part Two, so it won Game of the Year, Best Game Direction, Best Narrative. Uh, Wait, what? Laura did? Bailey, La uh, oh, Last, Last of Us, of Part us. Two Last of in us, 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Laura Bailey as Abby in Last of Us Part Two won Best Performance. Like uh, innovation and accessibility, I think they actually deserve. That's this the one. one that they deserve. Yes. Yeah. I'm also um, looking at a list. Best here. action adventure, like, yeah, that that and all no? of that was just, all of that was just given to them by the by the video game awards people. Um, yeah, I just think that uh, a lot of the times, um, the video game awards are. I think that they're a scam that's designed by like the industry to pat each other on the back. You know, some examples like I guess last year looking at it, you know, like Final Fantasy 14 won like best community support. I would agree with that, you know, uh, best ongoing game. I mean, 
I don't know. That's tough because it was up against Fortnite, and I don't like Fortnite, but... They get regular updates in that game. Fortnite, listen, listen. I'm going to say I'm gonna say what I always say, and I hate saying it. It makes me cringe. Fortnite's one of the best-made games out there. It wouldn't be so successful if it wasn't. It's constantly updated. I watched Miz play it in, the, in Discord like a couple weeks ago, and I was like, damn, this doesn't look like anything like what I was expecting. You know, like... It has so many mechanics. They're constantly adding features and things to make the map fun and interesting. Like, yeah. I don't know, well, do man. You remember, do you remember when they just, like, deleted the game for a little while? And every time that you tried to load it up, it was just like a black hole. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's great. Yeah, that's really funny. I just, I think that... um I feel like oftentimes if you pay, you know, your respects to the right person, you will get an award at the Video Game Awards, you know? Um, but yeah, it's like, it's like the Oscars, right? You kind of know what's going to win before it actually. Yeah. Everyone's, everyone's just schmoozing. You know what I mean? They're all just patting each other on the back. Um, but that's so, so uh, finishing out that this topic, right? I just feel like there are certain people in the industry who are like in, in, in deep, you know, and they're like Anthony Birch and they're just like creating these agendas that they, they've got a personal agenda to push and they're always pushing it it reminds me of um g4 tv fell under yeah they're, I, they're gone they're gone <laughs> gone like like they yeah. were failing but now they i we i mean this is a little bit old news but they're like gone 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 now yeah they're, they like deleted the like they fired everyone yeah um and that's pretty funny because i can tell you exactly why nobody likes it when i talk about this uh but it, it, I can tell you exactly why it failed. Uh, uh, because and it, I wanted to hear about video games, and I didn't hear about video games. They were doing pretty well. And then they let Frost go on a, like, 20-minute rant why gamers are sexist. And, um, and it was very hypocritical, you know, saying things like, you know, Olivia Munn didn't exist for you to stare at her. But then, like, if you look at old G4, they literally put her in a bikini multiple times on the show olivia munn in a maid costume fucking deep throating glizzies yeah uh, like yeah. like <laughs> i mean i'm not saying that was a good thing personally uh like uh but yeah but don't pretend don't don't pretend right don't don't yeah. lie to your audience and then she said uh, and if you don't like it then don't watch and all of the hosts just sort of awkwardly agreed with her and then and then from that episode on their viewership started going in reverse yeah because everyone's like understood understood no i'll go find somewhere else right because like yeah. it, nobody needed i didn't i didn't really understand why she was there i guess she's like famous in esports but i had never heard of her I'd right never heard i of didn't her find before. her very interesting do you want to know what was sad after they started to move away from her they brought in uh suzy hunter mm -hmm. from the the youtube channel the sphere hunter and um was it gerald from Gerard, Gerard, from, uh, Gerard, from, from the, the completionist. completionist. I I never can get his first name right. I always just call him the completionist guy. Well, yeah, that guy was a, was an amazing pick. Yeah, because literally all this guy does is a hundred percent games. Yeah, that's well, his whole thing. Well, and and Susie Hunter is a pretty good presenter. She likes. I think I think her and him together were a very good dynamic because he was like that guy who 100% games and she was someone who had like a real deep enthusiasm for the games she talked about, 
you mm-hmm. know, and together they had a really good dynamic and uh, they did a lot of skits and the skits were like cheesy in a good way, you know, so like they'd like be describing a mechanic in a game and then they'd cut to a skit of her dressed up in like a Resident Evil outfit pretending to follow those mechanics and yeah. it was quite funny and like and 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 I was like, wow, you should have led with this. Yeah, it, it's unfortunate. Like I, you know, uh, that's the type of content that I'd be willing to watch, right? Like I've seen back when Brewster's Teeth uh, wasn't a terrible company. Um, <laughs> yeah. I remember them doing stuff like, "We're going to try to do a Hitman assassination." Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna you know at RTX the Rooster Teeth convention, we're going to get a bunch of people into like a ballroom and we're all gonna dress up. And one of you is going to be Asian 47 in a disguise. And one of you is going to be the target. And we want to see how you could get away with it. Mm. Or something like that. And it was cool. Yeah. I I think that the problem is, is that G4 TV was never the people. It was the, the presentation, right? Yeah. Because the hosts changed over the years. But until its failure, like at the very end when it just lost track of what people liked about it. Um, you know, it was more about what they were delivering, right? Like X play went bad when they stopped trying to deliver two nerds talking about games and started trying to make it trendy and cool, like a real news show. So they had all these cutaways and like, I guess the producer's like nephew or something was like thrown into the show that nobody asked for. And like, they did all these things where it was like, this isn't just two nerds on a couch, right? Um, you know, Adam Sessler's gone like insane, you know. Oh, that guy's just a crazy person now. Yeah, which is sad, you know. Like I, I really looked up to him when I was younger, but he's uh man, he has gone nuts. And uh he's like hyper progressive to the point of like if you disagree with him, like if he saw this, like me just criticizing oh, we're him. Nazis. Yeah, criticizing we're- him mildly, right? Like, I mean, yeah, I called him crazy, but like, I, you know, I call a lot of people crazy, but like, like he would immediately be like, he would go on like the most vitriolic rant about it. Yeah, he, right? would, he would make a twit longer about you specifically. Right, 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 right. And like, I'm, I'm like Hitler, you know what I mean? And it was like, it, it is, it is insane. The shit that, that comes out of his mouth or I guess comes out of his fingers is like uh, abhorrent. Right. But he but in his mind, he's being he's being progressive. He's righteous. Yeah. So that's good. So it's good. Right. Because being being bad is okay as long as we do it. You know? Yeah. Well, Uh, (laughs) you know, you only have empathy for people you agree with. Right. 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 People you don't agree with uh, cut their heads off. That's a good thing. That's how societies run. Yeah. That's how empathy works. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's how a good society functions is when you just kill everyone you don't like. Um, So. You know, I think that they should have, if they had led with Susie um, and Gerard, I think that G4 would be doing great right now. I think it would have grown big time because I yeah, I think it was really good. And then they could have done some live stream events. You know, I think they could have hosted some tournaments. People people really liked watching the, um, the little mini tournaments that they do on uh, not... Oh God, what was that show? It was Kevin Rose and some other guy, and they had like a tech show. Um, it, it's not reviews on the run or Electric Playground, was it? It might have been Electric Playground. Might have been Electric Playground, because uh, it, it it got renamed to Attack of the Show later. Yeah, yeah, with uh, with uh, Olivia Munn and uh, Kevin Pereira. Well, Kevin Rose was the original Kevin on G Four. Kevin Pereira mm. was later. 
um, Kevin Rose and some other guy, they did things like overclocked a toothbrush or like tried to take the like Mac mini box and like fit a regular computer in there. And like, they just do shit like that. Um, and then I they do, would... I do remember them hooking like two super powerful gaming PCs together. Yeah. And they're like, this was really expensive, but now I have a ridiculous, like, yeah, yeah. Beast of a machine. And I remember they made a, they, they would do these little mini tournaments. And during one of them, I, I always reference the name jumping is useless because I always remember some, some like World War II shooter that these two teams were going up against each other. And one of the team's names was jumping is useless. And, and, and everyone was like, why, why, you know, then they won and they're like, so why jumping is useless? And he's like, well, in, uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Forcers, the Moonanites, and they shoot this giant slow moving bullet. And one of the things they say is there is no escape. Jumping is useless. And <laughs> so we decided that was our name. And I've always thought that was so stupid that I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I Because I, I love stupid shit like that, you know? And so they could have done stuff like that. They could have revived that sort of just like, we love gaming, let's like do it, like culture. And they tried to capitalize on something that wasn't what people were actually looking for. And they insulted their viewer base. And I don't know why so many media companies do this, but people yeah. seem to think that insulting your your customer base will get you more customers. Yeah, it's like you're appeasing the people that were never going to purchase from you anyway. Right? It's a weird mindset. It's this idea. I've heard it before. It's this idea that if we keep pushing this, it'll become a positive change in the world. We're trying to be a positive change. So we're trying to change the culture. But it doesn't actually. What I've learned over recent years, because I've been stuck online in these like super duper, like, like hyper progressive public spaces, Twitch, you know, Twitter, wherever. And then um, as soon as you talk to like people who like offline, like even the people on those platforms, when you talk to them offline, all of a sudden it like reels back. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden yeah. they're like way more moderate and they don't like this stuff. So like the vast majority of people don't buy into this rhetoric and they don't even like it, but they're all just pretending because they're going to get in trouble if they don't. Yeah. And it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, the daddy, daddy industry knows what's best for you. And they've been, and they've been doing this for a long time, right? Like, mm -hmm. uh, they just decided one day that no one likes platformers anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Where certain game types are just fucking gone and every no one no one likes collectathons. Well everyone's Sorry. everyone's always chasing the dragon, right? Like like I feel like every developer is a drug addict who's just taking another hit of heroin, hoping to get the same high they got the first time they used it. Because, you know, someone Someone makes like Tarkov. Tarkov gets popular. Now a million Tarkov. I think the I, I like to call them Tarkov likes, but everyone else calls them extraction shooters. Whatever. Yeah. The point is everyone's making them. And then like everyone's like, oh, it's like it's like Tarkov. I'm so excited for Tarkov. And then they actually play it and they're like, okay, this is cool. Anyway, I'm gonna go back to Tarkov now. You know, Marauders, yeah. Cycle Frontier. <laughs> I think the only game recently that I really liked was there's this indie game called Zero Sievert, which is like someone who loved Stalker, liked Tarkov, liked all the games like that, um, decided that they were going to make a 2D, like retro style, single player Tarkov experience. It's really good. It's really good because you want to know what makes Tarkov and all those games actually not fun? 
the PvP. Other players. Yeah, yeah, the other players. Because they don't, the majority don't play it like it's a, 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 a sneaking around trying to survive, avoid conflict game. Most of them are like, oh, I hear guys shooting. Let me run directly at them and do sick jumps and parkour. You know, yeah. like it doesn't feel like you're playing in a survival experience. It feels like you're playing in a battle royale. Um, well, that's just it, right? Like I remember, I remember people saying that Halo Infinite would not survive without a BR. <laughs> and it's like, okay. Yeah, everyone I'm, thinks that's what you need. That you need a battle royale. That that's what people want. And I'm like, that's what I don't want. Like, give me team deathmatch. You know, yeah, that's like, what I, I want. Like, isn't the Doom Eternal multiplayer like really good? And it's I, not I don't. A BR. I don't. I, I I'm not much of a Doom fan, so mm -hmm. I don't know. I couldn't comment on that. But I haven't heard bad things. No one, no one has ever sold, said to me, this is bad, you know, so yeah. quite possibly. Because it harkens back to, like, like Quake Arena shooters, right? right? And that's one of those things that's uh, in very short supply right now. Mm, yeah. I, um, I think that it's it's one of these things where everyone just sees something do well. And so investors are like, okay, do that because we want to we want a safe bet um because the idea is as long as it, it's just like the film industry right so like why do bad directors keep getting work because they made someone money the real the real test of a career is not whether you made a good film it's whether your film made money i think get, video games are the same yeah so, i mean you both keeps making movies but i don't know if that's because he keeps paying for them himself or what yeah i have no clue with him uh Mila jovovich movies keep existing yeah yeah. Um I I I don't really know um with all of them, but I know that generally speaking like that's that's cuz Kevin Smith talked about it. He was like as long as you make someone money, you'll get more work. Doesn't matter doesn't matter if the movie was acclaimed or not. If it made a profit, you'll get work again. Yeah, uh, actually Kevin Kevin Smith is a great example of what I'm talking about, right? He did the the He-Man remake. Oh yeah. He got rid of He-Man and Skeletor in like the first episode and then everyone was like this isn't what I wanted. And then he cried. Okay. This goes into an idea that I have about stuff, which is like, there's a common thread recently that I've been seeing of companies that make, that take an IP that already exists, that everyone wants. Ex they, it's like, okay, this is really old and I would love to see this, but modern. And then they go, all right, I'm going to take this and I'll make something else. And it's like, and then, and then they're but like, that's not what I want. Why is everyone upset? I, I I made the game. And it's like, well, you didn't make the game. You made a different game called this game. You know, so you made like I, Final Fantasy VII Remake was good. It was very enjoyable. But, you know, I saw a lot of people defending it. And I was like, well, the problem is, is like, it's not that it's a bad game. It is a good game. Uh, it's very good, actually. But it's not Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, when when people were saying, you know, I want to be able to just have stupid materia builds and like play with my active time battle game, and then they're like, but what if we made it an action game? Right, and it's like, you know, people say, well, like, well, don't be entitled. I'm like, I am entitled to whatever I want when it comes to what I purchase. I am not when when I say I want something. You know, if I said. I want, uh, I, I got a great example. I want a new Mustang. You know, so yeah, I drive a Mustang, you know that. And I want a new Mustang. I want a more modern Mustang. I want an electric Mustang. Can you make me a Mustang with all the power of a Mustang, but electric? Because, you know, gasoline's running out. Probably. Well, they did. 
It's called the Mach-E, except it's not a Mustang. It's a station wagon. Oh, is it actually? Look it up. It does. The, the, they, they don't call it a station wagon. It's a station wagon. Oh, yeah. You look at the back. It's, it's got a hatchback. Yeah, they just gave it. It's, it's, <laughs> it is a station wagon that they put the hood of a Mustang on. Because without the body or the engine... What's left to call it a Mustang? I understand that for some people a Mustang is the engine, but obviously as technology advances, you have to find a way to like change what the fuel source is. So if you need to invent a new Mustang engine, I'm all for that. But then you got to keep the body. And if you're not even going to keep the body, then it's just not a Mustang. It, ju it just looks like you're going to take your fucking kids to the soccer practice. I don't it, it's really bad. And so it's like, it's just that. It's like, well, but the car's really good. It's really good. It's got all the reliability that you expect from this car. And it's like, that's nice, but it's not a Mustang. Yeah, but it functions really well. It uses all the same parts except in the engine. Right. But it's not a Mustang. You know, you can scream at me all day that, I've, that I'm being entitled because I don't want to buy your not a Mustang. But it's not a Mustang. You know, and, it, 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 and sometimes, sometimes it works, right? Like XCOM play like old XCOM plays like Ghost Recon where you have like a small squad and you command where they go and stuff. Sure. But new new XCOM's great. Yeah, but I think almost there it's like the technology was so different that you that like they were limited in old XCOM what you could even do. You know? So it's like I feel like I feel like it's I mean I you are right, but somehow I'm a little bit less put off by what happened with XCOM by like that degree of change. Um yeah. compared to like Final Fantasy 7 remake. Uh the you know the like you're gonna you're, oh i want he-man can you make he-man with modern like animation technology sure except we're gonna get rid of he-man get rid of skeletor the main character is gonna be the princess and the main villain's gonna be what evil lynn yeah basically which is just a play on evelyn um but um you know it's it's like why did you do this? Well, I want to be progressive. So I want the main character and the main villain to be a woman. And it's like, like okay, sure, but that's not what I wanted. That's not what I asked for. Just make a different show. Well, I just, I just no one would have watch watched it if it was called uh, Princess Destruction. And I'm like, okay. But well, that's because I want to watch, watch Skeletor go, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, and, you know, it, <laughs> I don't have any friends. I hate all these guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, that's exactly it. It's like, because because and the reason i think about that is because i think of how good the demon souls remake was because it was one for one and yeah they just made it again all the old bullshit that i could do i could still do it like it was literally the same game but beautiful and i was like wow i really really like this you know like i played all the way through it and I was so happy with the result because I loved I loved Demon Souls. I played it when it first came to the U.S. back when nobody knew what it was. You know, when the Souls games were nobody knew what those words. It's a cult, you know, following, and 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 I loved it. And and to and yeah, I mean, it's the least refined of the Souls games, but I really really enjoyed it. And so, this idea that it's a great idea to just like take a game that you know everyone says I want this but modern, and then going, okay, I'm gonna make something different. And you better buy it or you're a bigot. <laughs> you know? Thanks, I guess. Yeah. I'm going to go on Twitter and cry that nobody likes what I've made. I Okay. I like Kevin Smith. But, bro, if you ever see this, 
please stop recording yourself crying and posting it on Twitter. It's kind of cringe. It's kind of cringe. I'm nothing against men crying. It's okay to cry. Like I, I think people who say that men shouldn't cry are full of shit. Um, I, but I think that like, you know, I, I'd also think that if a woman did it, like don't, you'd made don't a bad constantly record yourself crying. Don't constantly record yourself crying and, and posting on Twitter or taking pictures of yourself crying. Like I don't, I don't want to see that. <laughs> you know, and I don't think yeah, anyone does. Like... I remember there was like this thing going around on TikTok at one point and it was I thought it was really weird and jarring. People would like like be taking their pets to be put down or something and they're like hugging and crying their dog. And it's like why are you don't record that. farming your dying dog for content because like, that's that the age really we live gross. in now. Okay, so this is a bit of a change of subject, but I agree. The did you see okay, topic for the title here like what we're talking about here is the farming of clout like just giving selling your soul for clout i it's like the name of the game right now and it's fucking horrifying it's fucking horrifying i know Ugh. did you see the one of the woman who was like dancing to music while text appeared on the screen saying um, oh it's like your dying baby or something no 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 her husband well there's that one there's also one that her husband was killed by a stray bullet um, and then at the court case, she like stood up and said something. It was supposed to be like a yes queen moment, but everyone was just like, uh -huh. why are you farming your dead husband for clout? Ugh. Like dancing. No, I haven't seen that one. And there is the one you talked about, the woman who like her baby is like in the crib, like at the hospital. In one of those like plastic, like safety bubble cribs. Right? Yeah. Because and, and they're, she's like, like, they'll like die if they're exposed to she's air. She's like doing all these like dance moves and like. It's like he has respiratory issues and it's like, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, I'm like, why are you posting this online? And and that's so. What do you think of that? Okay, like what do you think of this idea? Because I see it. I was talking about this with another uh, content creator the other day when I was doing uh, the 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 stream talk show. I was like, doesn't it feel like you just have to be a dancing monkey? You know that like that's what streaming is. Is like if you're not being a dancing monkey, then you're not gonna go anywhere. And they were like, yeah, it does sometimes feel like you're a dancing monkey. I feel like that's the, just... that's like content now. Like except on YouTube, where like Max Miller can make tasting history. Shout out to Max Miller, one of the coolest content creators. Yeah. My kitten. I put Ma I put tasting history on the TV to entertain my kitten when I like have to leave him in the room because we're like feeding the other cat. Perfect. Uh, he watches it. He sits down and like looks at the TV while Max talks about how to bake a pumpkin pie. You know, from a hundred years ago or a thousand years ago. Yeah. Um. Or, or like, will it sausage? Yeah, uh, that's something different. <laughs> that's definitely not tasting history. But I do like will it sausage. Yeah. But yeah. So I don't know if that falls into the dancing monkey thing. It's a little like... bit of like no offense to Mr. Sausage because he's pretty fucking funny, but that is a little bit of a dancing monkey. Like he's eating Pepto Bismol in a sausage casing for our entertainment, versus <laughs> like Max, who's like teaching me how to make the original gingerbread. You know, like, yeah. like, yeah. what's what's the recipe for a a, a, a thousand year old like, um, um, cake meat bun? Yeah, meat yeah. bun. Like, like, tasting history is, in my opinion, like, really cool. It, or Townsend, have you ever seen him? He focuses uh, on I've like heard of him. he's so cool. He makes like 18th century like living. Like, it's food, but it's also like living in general. It's it's really good. Those guys aren't dancing monkeys, but like TikTok, Twitch twitter it feels like just dancing monkeys you know um so what do you what do you think about that what do you think about like selling your soul for content i think that you can you can sell some of your soul like if if i want to be i if i want to be the paint guy 
and like all I do is like throw buckets of paint at people and I post it on my TikTok like three times a week or something of me just like oh and this time we have uh, a nice mixture of uh, red and orange today and you just like fucking whip it at someone fine but I think it starts being really gross when you're like exploiting others that are in a very miserable situation hmm. like my dog has cancer we're buying her mcdonald's before we take her to the vet to have her be put down and we're gonna record all of it and i'm gonna like i i remember i remember seeing one and like their fucking dog died in the night or something and the video is literally just like this person sitting on the floor holding their dog corpse and like crying mm -hmm. and you're like this isn't this is not I don't for need to you see to this. farm. Yeah. Yeah, th this this is a private moment that you're having on your own, but for some reason, cuz like you got to remember think about the amount of effort it actually takes to make content like that. Mm -hmm. You have to set up the camera. You have to sit down on the floor. You have to grab your dog's corpse. You need to start crying. You need to like potentially do multiple takes you then like <laughs> imagine like, taking oh multiple takes crying on your dog's corpse like Holy i don't shit. i just don't get it i don't get it well that's the that's the thing is it's about it's about being addicted to the validation that likes and views on the internet give you you know i i made i made my overwatch 2 video on on my other channel and um you know i got it was one of my first videos since the arcane videos that got like multiple thousands of views and yeah. it is it is a high you know you feel really good you know for me it was validation that i'm making something people enjoy you know mm -hmm. um but but i could see how someone could take something that is like you know i created this artistic piece of work that's like me wanting to create an entertaining yet informative video and someone saying i just want that high for anything so i'll like you know i will will like eat rotten tomatoes live to get that level of validation and i see that there was a video i yeah. saw of a guy like eating like vintage collector's item cereal that was so old that it was like just disgusting it was and, just like dust in the box i mean it was just like super gross like it was this old batman like collector's items it's like 50 60 years old and yeah. like he ate it and he's like sitting there like gagging and saying like i shouldn't have swallowed that oh my god and it's like he's getting like 2000 views for that. And I'm like, bro, you're risking your health for a couple thousand views. Like he's putting the grind out to try to like become a success, just eating disgusting things and being, you know, you think about Joji, right? When he was filthy Frank. Oh, when he would just eat like a fucking squid that he found in a sewer drain or something. Right. And they ended up getting throat cancer, right? Like yeah. from, from the shit that he would do. And it's like, good for him that he got away from that because he literally was killing himself for our entertainment. Yeah, you now know? he's a multi-million view R&B singer. Yeah, which good for him. He does a great job. But like, it's, you know, I think we've reached a weird era that's a, that I don't think we should be encouraging, which is one that um, encourages people to become their worst self for clicks and likes and views you know and and really just degrade themselves because in their mind they're not doing anything wrong because in their mind they're going to justify they're going to be like well well i'm giving people a chance to live vicariously through me this this morose feeling of you know loss like maybe they have a loss and this makes them feel commiserate with me like there's someone else who understands and it's like that's a really cool justification for commodifying your dead dog 
I just I just think it's really gross. It is. I think I I think you're you're just exploiting an emotional response. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, like, do, do, like, do I need? Do I really need to like watch you cry as like your dad's lowered into his grave or something? Yeah, like, yeah, it's pretty bad. I, I just, I don't understand why people, um, why people think it's a good. Well, I, I, I do understand. I keep saying I don't understand, and that's a lie. I do understand as described, and I wish I didn't. I wish that that wasn't. That I, wasn't yeah, true. I wish people weren't gross with yeah. their content creation. Agreed. I, I wish it, that they weren't either. And I don't mean gross as in like we're gonna shave this guy's head and bake it into a cake. I just mean like I don't I don't think you should exploit others in a way that you're you're just clout sharking. I think that we should discourage the incredibly low brow um just just self degrading level of entertainment that we currently have. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. The Three Stooges were self-degrading, right? But it was all like an act. They were well, well-respected comedians. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like it wasn't, it wasn't like you know, just the 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 worst level of of lowering yourself because it creates a society that thinks that it it creates a world where young people grow up looking at these multimillionaire famous people who got famous eating shit. You know, for and and all of us are watching them. You know, uh, yeah, like like what what's that guy? The guy that will like eat literally anything. Yeah, you know, and it's like there's no education here, but like they're they're being raised to believe that nothing you do is worse than not being famous. That's the re that is the environment we're creating. We're creating an environment where young people grow up going the the goal is fame and money. If you can get those. Everything else is irrelevant. It's like a by any means necessary. Yeah. And and that's that's not right. You know, you should be okay not being famous. You should be okay with just having a satisfactory life. I can afford anything I want. I'm not overworked. I ha I can support my family if I have one. I have a family if that's what I want. You know, or I've got pets if that's what I want. Like I, and I and I'm good. You should be happy being comfortable. You know, it's okay to want to achieve more, but it's also okay to not. But we're creating a generation that thinks that just like self-degradation, physical destruction, these things are are Jackass did that, right? There was a reason that yeah. they like kind of like laid off on Jackass. Like there I've, I've talked to or not I've talked, but I've seen people talk to some of those comedians. I've talked to people who did talk to them. And those guys were like, you know, we kind of realized like it was given the wrong impression that like you know, like Steve-O, well, it'd be like... Just getting, like, fucking brain damage. Yeah, like, they're like, we kind of wish mean? we hadn't done that. Like, like how much damage do, did you do to yourself when you, like, strapped fireworks to your testicles? Well, what's it... Who was it? Uh, Johnny Knoxville has, like, literal yeah. brain damage. Or he no, has actual brain damage just from, like, doing this stupid doesn't shit. Doesn't his dick not work right either? Or something. Yeah. It's like he has, like, some neurological disorder now. Well, I also think... I think his testicles or something from getting kicked in the balls so many times, like, don't work right anymore. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. They fucking were shoving what, fireworks up each other's asses. One of them was like that. I don't remember which one, right? Yeah. Steve-O was like super addicted to drugs. He's doing great now, by the way. Shout out to Steve-O. He like rescues dogs or something. Like he travels, oh, cool. he travels the world with like a dog that he like found in like, I don't know where, some Tibetan, you know, Tibet or something like that. Like, yeah. like just some dog. It was like a street dog and they became best friends and the dog travels with him. It's like he's really cool he's like doing really well which is fucking great like i think that no one is beyond like redemption you know like they can be doing great things you know yeah and he is um and uh but but 
I think that like if you talk to those guys, would they be like, yeah, I'm really glad I did those things to myself. I don't think that's the answer. You know, I think. Uh, yeah, like I don't know <laughs> if um, shaving your pubes and gluing it to someone's face so that they can pretend to be a terrorist kidnapping their friend. It's a little I funny. Don't... <laughs> that's a little funny. It's, it's kind of I, funny. I think I think but... it's more like like putting as many lobsters on your ball sack as possible isn't like you know something yeah that... like like party boy do you remember party boy yeah where they just wear like nothing but bow ties and like speedos and they just like find old ladies and like grind on them yeah like i think that's fine that's like it's stupid but yeah it's yeah but it's like i think that even they have admitted in interviews that the you know that that created an entire generation of young people who were all trying to be jackass and doing stupid things and getting killed doing it. You know, or getting injured. Well, yeah, doing it's it. it's the parroting that we talked about earlier, right? Like, you know, angry video game nerd called uh, a game cockatoo bubblefuck bullshit, and now everyone's gonna talk like a AVGN, right? For... Who was a character, right? He was yeah. a character, um, and he did it because he loved games, right? Um, but he wanted yeah, to talk. Yeah, he absolutely, he, he, like, he absolutely loved games. He has walls and walls and walls of cartridges, you know? Well, it's kind of like the, um, you know, you know who I really respect in film is the, um, the Red Letter Media guys. And they're, they, I mean, I don't know where they're at now, but they've been like, um, they've been like one of the, like they, they, even though they're old YouTube, they are, uh, I, I don't even think they have a million yet. Maybe they do. Let me take a look here. It's been a while. Okay, okay. Now they're at 1.44 million. There was a time... Good for them. Yeah, no, that is good. There was a time that other film, like, YouTube channels were bigger than them, right? They yeah. had, like... I think they had, like, 800,000. Um, oh, they did a Mr. Plinkett Talks About Halloween's End. Man, I haven't caught up with them in a while. Because I fell in love with them because of the Mr. Plinkett stuff. And then they were only That's ever... That's all I really like about them. They were only doing half in the bag. And no offense to them, but I'm not that interested in half in the bag. And so... Because uh, they realized it was easier, right? It still got the views and... Yeah, and you don't have to sit there and, like, do the voice and, like, have this snappy editing. The problem was the like editing. Room. Uh, yeah. Doing the voiceover is the easy part. The editing... All the editing, you know, you're talking like an hour-long talk from Mr. Plinkett about Star Wars. That's a lot of editing, right? Which half yeah. in the bag is just like dead on. Like they just talk to the camera. So much easier. Um, but they've done some really good skits. I'm glad to see that they've got one almost one and a half million. You know, if you're not subscribed to Red Letter Media, go subscribe to them. It's just great. Um, but, you know, I've always respected them because they really really like film and i don't even agree with them all the time you know there's some I things i disagree with them a lot yeah I think they simp for things like superheroes and star wars pretty hard really i i always yeah. remember that i liked rogue one and they hated it they thought it was bad and i was like their thing was like that you know it's just it's just oh look do you like star destroyers you like this you like that and i'm like well yeah i do like that you're yes yes i do like yeah that's what I want to see. Like, if you took those things out of Star Wars, I wouldn't give a shit about it. I, I found that whenever I would watch them, they were, I felt like they were coming off as uh, apologists for things that were bad about the thing that they were talking about. I felt like they were contrarians. I felt like if, if, if you liked it, you know, um, with the mainstream stuff, uh, then they hated it. And if people gave it shit, then they would defend it. That's what I felt like. Um, I don't know if that's changed. I, I don't feel like that about everything. I think the way they talk about like less mainstream stuff is much better. But when it comes to like 
Star Wars, you know, they were just really anti-Disney for a while. I mean, I don't know what you observed. I saw them making making a lot of that's where the um that's that, that's where the quote um consume product and get excited for next product came from is from them. Oh, talking. was that them? Yeah, I didn't that realize was, I didn't that know was that. them. Yeah, and they were talking about Star Wars because they were making fun of Disney, Disney Star Wars. I mean, that that's kind of how it is though. I mean, it's true. Point. It's true, but you know, um but overall I really really like them and uh I I feel good about the stuff that that you know they make. Um and I think that finishing that main topic, you know, I feel like we've we're we've created a society where like it's it's kind of like um I remember you sent me a video from this we were talking about Destiny last week. You sent me a video from him many 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 months ago of him mm-hmm. talking about some allegation that some small youtuber had in the commentary community which is like filled with children um and like him and this like girl he was young she's young and they were just talking and then like this guy john swan like convinced her to say that he had like been inappropriate with her even though all evidence said that that's not the case yeah that was all that's another one of those like gross things right like well yeah yeah nowadays it's like oh let's just farm drama right like Drama farming is the best way to make content. Like if I can just be as, as, as if I can call, say someone like, you know, raped me or, you know, would have raped me if we ever met, you know, or told me I was pretty and that made me uncomfortable. So we should cancel them. You know, like, like that's the draw. Like if we can farm that, if we can cancel someone, like, let's do it. Like all, and this is all young people. This is all like literal kids who are. Yeah. Like I don't, like, I don't support it, but that's kind of where the, uh, if you if you're like I don't know I don't know what he does anymore, but Sargon of, of a cat of a cod had the I wouldn't even rape you tweet or something like that, and Ugh. people got really mad. That, that was a like, little bit extreme though. He's like, but I'm saying I wouldn't do that. Well, yeah, you know? but it doesn't sound very good. Like I understand. Oh no, but... it's optically very bad. But if um, you actually look at what he's saying, where it's like, yeah, he's saying that he wouldn't do that. Sure. I mean, I think that was uh, definitely a misplay because it just sounds really egregious. <laughs> um, you know, even I don't even know what that guy's doing anymore. I think well, he like, tried to run for office at one point and he got shot down super hard. Yeah, he got fucking destroyed because nobody liked him. Um, yeah. And he, uh, yeah, I don't know. He got lost. He was, but see, that was the thing. That was like all the like anti SJW people. Yeah, who like got... Medicare, Sargon um armored uh, skeptic back then ethan ralph yeah like they were all like i'm gonna fight the power you know um i'm gonna i'm gonna stop the the you know i'm gonna i'm gonna stop the sjws and they all got famous at varying levels you know some were a bit more an easier pill to swallow than others yeah like, you i'm know? pretty sure ethan ralph is still going yeah, well, I, I, Armored Skeptic broke up with, like, shoe on head, and then he, like, got really fit, he went, and then he went insane. He kind of went crazy. Well, for a little while, he was cool. He was just making, like, cryptid videos, and that was, like, neat, right? Because, like, I don't I don't give a shit if you go, like, yeah, I want to talk about the occult. I'm like, cool, that sounds like fun. And then he just started getting really weird and, like, started to seem like he believed the shit he was yeah. talking about. And then I'm like, whoa. Well, what? like, the, the yeah, the, pro- the problem that, um, that... Gregory has armored Greg armored Greg he you know he puts a lot of effort into those like cryptid videos and stuff and they just like 
don't make nearly as many views as the as well, his old stuff used to. Of course they don't, because his old stuff was all just cancel culture shit. Like, you know, yeah. uh, this person said this and I disagree and this is why. And it was like a hot topic, right? It was the it was the right versus left discussion of our time, you know? Yeah. It, it, it's just like really unfortunate because I've seen tweets of him being like, I, I, I try so hard on these videos and they get like nothing. Which sucks because I like them. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're good. Yeah, I you know, I, I remember watching the three part series where he just talks about like the Bigfoot scam. Yeah. That's and great. He, like and he like shows interviews of the guys where it's like, yeah, we like it's it's we just literally just bought a gorilla suit. It took a <laughs> shitty photo. That's so fun. I I'm just remembering it. That's just so funny. I love it. Yeah, and and you know it's like this fucking super deep South guy who so was like, yeah. So we wanted him to be a female, so we gave our Bigfoot tits, and it's like okay. That's so funny, and and it's especially funny because like, well, I mean I understand why he feels that way because when you change genres for anything, you're gonna have yeah. people who just drop off. Um, and then you have to try to find the people who want what you're doing, you know? Um, but anyway, uh, we, we segued pretty hard into the idea of just like being a dancing monkey. Right. And like that kind yes. of like the, the bad lesson, um, while we still have time, um, you wanted to talk about how much of an obligation do you have when it comes to team-based multiplayer games? So what did you, what did you want to talk about in regards to that? Yeah, so, like, let's say, you know, we both play League of Legends. Let's just say we have a ranked team, full five stack, right? Uh -huh. And you know that they don't have a replacement for you. Do you have, what level of obligation do you have to the other four people? Uh-huh. Um, I see what you're saying. Okay, so I actually have a funny story about this uh, that you'll be interested in. Um, so do you know, um, cause I, I interviewed or didn't interview, but had a talk show with him like a month and a half ago. Um, Redbeard, Redbeard Unleashed. I've, yeah. I've heard of him. Um, so, so he, um, was doing, um, he was playing league and he's, you know, diamond jungler. Um, and he was playing a normal game and he played Hecarim for the first time after they've done all these item changes and he had a yeah. really bad game. You know, just just did bad. He tried his best, right? But had a really bad game. Someone reported him, and the automated the automated system banned him for feeding from a normals game. Yeah. And keep in mind, his, his jungling opponent was master. Like his his jungle, he's diamond. His jungling opponent was master, and he uh he got banned. And then he appealed it, and the automated system said. We have confirmed that you did, in fact, feed. So just, you know, make sure not to feed. You're still banned. And then he was like, excuse me? I would like a real person, please. I definitely was not feeding. And then... I just got fucking smoked. What do you mean? <laughs> and then a real person responded saying, you know, we've reviewed and, yeah, you know, you definitely were feeding. You know, you shouldn't do... Just because you have a bad game doesn't mean you should just run it down mid. And he's like, I wasn't. I You can review the recording. If I could log into my account, I could prove it. I have had... Level five honor for a thousand games. I have 
like I, I I've been playing really well, and in a normals match, I had one game bad game against a masters player where I tried my best on a champion I have no experience on because I was playing normals to learn the yeah. character. Like yeah. you're you're supposed to be allowed to have bad games in normals, you know. Like no, that's never. the that's the place to go to be bad, and and then finally another person reviewed it and said, yeah, okay, yeah, it's clear that you had a a bad game. Right. So yeah, like I just got my ass kicked. I don't I mean, I didn't but, feed. But then he was like, then he was like, he's like, you know, I'm going to, you know, as a special exception this time, I've removed the ban and reinstated your honor five and your, Fuck all your you. and it was like special exception. This was just a mishandling of your whole system. And yeah. so this goes back to the idea that like, you know, like, like how much is your obligation? Should you be punished for playing poorly? You know? Yeah, like I, I don't know, like it, it, it's like my real question is right, like you have these other four people, and right. they want to, they want to play, and at some point one of you is going to get sick of playing. Right. Right. Because, because it always happens, you know, if you're playing, if you're playing an MMO and you're in a raid, if you're playing, I don't know, Rainbow Six and you have a full team or League of Legends with a five stack. Uh, there's going to be a point where one of you just doesn't want to play anymore. And if they don't have a replacement, that means the other people also aren't going to play anymore. Right. Because they just can't, right? So how much of an obligation do you have as as an individual essentially gatekeeping their fun at the expense of yours? I think that depends that's such a dumb thing for me to say, I know, but like I do think it depends. Like the the hard answer is none, right? Um, but the nuanced answer is I think it depends. If you're raiding, for example, which requires, I don't know, it depends on the game. I used to raid back in 40 man wow many years ago. I think raiding isn't really raiding anymore. It feels more like just bigger group, you know, like, oh eight people. Whoa, like that's not that's not a big deal to me. That just sounds like a really hard small team dungeon. Um yeah. or or you know, but but I think that if you're like raiding, there's a lot of obligation there. It's like a weekly thing or a bi-weekly thing. It's a lot of hours. Um it's a you know, in a specific game, if you're not having a lot of fun, uh I think that you know, if you're just burnout, um I think that it's it's hard to really hold someone down for when you're just like, I just don't want to do this anymore, dude. And then they go, but you're fucking us all over. You're our, I don't know, our best tank or our best healer. And it's like, yeah, but I'm not having fun and I haven't been for a while. It's really hard to like say that there's any moral obligation. On the other hand, if like you get together with your friends once a week and play a game and they just want to play a game that you're kind of burnt out on, you know, like maybe you've played, maybe you stupidly played I don't know. I, everyone I know has been playing a billion hours of Dark Tide recently, right? Yeah. And I'm loving Dark Tide. But every once in a while, I go, eh, I don't feel like playing Dark Tide. Um, you know, if people have been playing a billion hours of Dark Tide, and then and then you're like, all right, it's my night off. Can we all play Dark Tide? And then someone's like, oh, I've played it a lot this week. I don't want to. It's like, well, that's kind of shitty of them because you didn't get the chance to play with friends all week. They're the ones who decided to load it up without you at every possible turn and burn themselves out on it it would be the nice thing to do to just play with you you know like like even if they're feeling a bit burnout like clearly they've had time to game they can choose to play other games later you know 
if like Emerald sometimes will be like, will you play Rainbow Six with me? And I'm like, all right. You know, I hate Dead by Daylight, but on her birthday, I played it with her. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there is a line where it's like shitty of you not to play a multiplayer game with your friends, you know? Um, but I think that when it's like an obligation, like a regular obligation for something, you just don't want to have that obligation anymore. I, I don't, I don't think that that's wrong. You know, yeah. if that's your question, if your question, well, that is my question, right? So, so like if, if you were to say quit being in your five man ranked team sure. in league of legends, right. Um, and you're like, you know what? Like, I, I don't like bashing my face in ranked games, you know, three times a week. I, I, I like I'm just not having fun anymore. I just want to go back and like dick around to normals. You know, at some point, then it's their job to go find a like, new jungler. You, yeah, like <laughs> you, you know, they're like you're just gonna have to find a new jungler. Yeah. But do you feel do you feel like you should almost have to like give them notice? Should you should be like oh, I'll play for like another week or something, but like I'm not having fun anymore, and after that, like you're on your own. I think that would depend again because it's like if you're entering tournaments. You know what I mean? And there's like, like, you know, you have weekly clashes or whatever. Right. And like they, yeah. they're going to just have to not participate without you. Uh, yeah. I think it's probably a good idea to like give them some notice. Right. Because like those are on a schedule. So everyone they miss out on is one that they literally miss out on. Right. Yeah. But like, I think if it was like something like raiding, it, it I don't think there's an, uh, like those raids will always be there. You know, like they, they don't, they could just do it later, you know, like yeah. when you miss a tournament or you miss like a clash schedule, like you're missing, you're missing that permanently. Like it'll, it'll never come back. It'll never yeah. come back. Like you may get the new, the next one, but that one will never be back. But like, you know, for a raid, like the dungeon never goes away. You know, it's always there Um, for just playing like ranked flex. That's always there. Like they can queue up again later, you know, like whatever. Um, mm. Is it hard to find someone you have cohesion with in a like a team five v five game? Yeah, but oh well, you know, like if you don't want to play, you don't want to play. I think that not telling them the day of is shitty, but if you tell them like, hey guys, like moving forward, I, I think I need a break. You know, yeah. I don't want to do this anymore, and you just tell them that at like the beginning of the week, and it's like they got plenty of time till that day, like that's fine you know um if they say well we can't run without you it's like damn i'll catch you guys later you know like, <laughs> like it's yeah. not it's not on you it's it's not on you to 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 make some sort of concession for something you just don't want to do anymore you know um yeah it again there's there's a line right i think that that line is like what's What's the obligation? If if the obligation is playing video games with your friends once a week and the game is non-specific and the you know like you and I play video games on Monday, you know, with with our two other friends, you know, each week, but we don't play mm -hmm. anything specific, right? Like we'll play different games, it's only once a week, right? Like we're not talking about the world's largest obligation. But I think if we were raiding every week when one game you know, if every Monday was the night that we delve into World of Warcraft's latest dungeon and then someone yeah. was like, Kevin, I don't want to do this anymore. I'd be like, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't I don't want to grind Mythic anymore. But if someone told me I don't want to play video games with my friends anymore, I'd be like, what? <laughs> Why? <Yeah. laughs> you know, so that's sort of my thought on it, if that makes sense. No, it does. 
because like I you know there's there's a certain point where you're almost like my cat just came in here like farted and then just stared at me like it was <laughs> like he just sat right here farted and just say just sitting here staring at me ah, what are you gonna do about it <laughs> I don't know it was just really funny um anyway it stinks but you know great um anyway yeah. sorry I just that was just super weird yeah so so like you know there's a certain oh, point thanks, where bye. <laughs> where you're almost uh hold, holding like four other people's fun hostage right yeah where it's like well we literally can't do this without you yeah um hmm i man that's it's tough because it's like, yeah, they can't do it without you. But I feel like, you know, again, it depends on what it is because, you know, that like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's well, not, yeah, there's well, not, it's yeah, not important. So like it almost like, it almost feeds into like finishing games, right? Sure. Like at what point are you like, do you finish it just because of, well, I've already gone this far. Like, I'm not really having fun anymore, but... I, I am not a good completionist. Uh, as soon as I stop having fun with the game, I just stop playing it. Someone gave me shit for it one time because they'll be like, you never... You know, you'll start a game on stream and never finish it. And I'd be like, if I reach a point while I'm playing a game where both me and my audience seem uninterested, I'm just not going to play it anymore. You know, yes. if I'm not having... A, like, when I was playing Demon Souls, I had great viewership. But if people were like, uh he's been going for seven hours i'm bored of demon souls i don't want to watch this anymore i would have still kept playing like yeah. i i was having so much fun but like if i'm playing final fantasy 7 remake and normally i have like 30 viewers and i've got like 17 and like nobody's digging it and i'm kind of like all right i feel that i've experienced what this game has to deliver mechanically and the plot isn't interesting to me i'm gonna stop playing you know, yeah, like you could say, well, you never complete games and be like, yeah, but like, I didn't want to, I didn't enjoy it. I enjoyed yeah. Demon's Souls all the way through. I enjoyed Final Fantasy X all the way through. My audience enjoyed those things all the way through. Everybody was having a great time. I'm going to finish those, you know? Um, I think if you reach a point where you're not enjoying something, it's, it's stupid to keep forcing yourself to play it. I, I guess I'm stupid then. Cause there, there are definitely a few games where like i literally you look said it up, not me yeah i literally look up it's like how much of this game is left right like, uh, yeah I just like finish it i'm already this far in yeah i mean i don't know i just don't see the point because i don't care about chivos you know i'm not like a weird xbox 15 year old um anymore I was. I was one of those people and well i was i'm just not anymore yeah. and like you know, I don't care what my gamer score is. Like the at least the Chivos and Dark Tide give you something. You know, a lot of them give you outfits or give you like borders for your, you know, character screen or whatever. But like, you know, I used to do a lot of the achievements for Halo three. Well, because they gave you all the cosmetics. Yeah, because you wanted the Hayabusa you wanted the katana. Yeah, I wanted the Hayabusa <laughs> or I wanted the, you know, um EOD. You know, I wanted these different outfits. Um yeah. So I would do them to unlock them, but like the recon helmet, you know, like, but, but if you're going to just, uh, 
you know, if it's just for a number or to say you completed the game, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit if someone looks at my profile and sees a hundred half completed games. If if I reached a point where I no longer wanted to play them, then, you know, then I didn't. A lot of RPGs have that problem for me. They've got a hundred hours of gameplay and I don't have a hundred hours of interest. Yeah, some... some <laughs> it, 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 well, like, I remember it being like the bang for your buck thing, right? Sure. It's like I could, I could pay for this 10 hour game or I could pay for this hundred hour game. Well, I think the problem there is, is are you really getting 100 hours of entertainment? Because like if I so I think about it this way, how much does dinner in a movie with your partner cost? Right. About. Yeah. You know, it's like 20 bucks a person for the movie, you know, another 30 ish bucks a person for the dinner. So it's what, like 100 bucks. Yeah. If you're paying it all by yourself, you're not splitting it. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's like 100 bucks and you get like mm, four or five hours of entertainment and get like three hours, two to three hours at dinner. I'm assuming you're like hanging out and drinking. Then you, you know, go and you get two, you know, little uh, two hours of, I mean, I'm overestimating, but like two hours of a movie. So like that's the entertainment for a hundred dollars. Right. And then, or I could spend $60 for like 10 hours of entertainment. You know, yeah. and it's like, like I paid 17 bucks for zero Sievert, probably played it 30 hours, you know, uh, plenty of bang for my buck. If I quit now, I have, I have earned the value of that game, you know? Um, so it's, it's, it's all about it. I think when people say like, I paid $10, I paid $20 and got like a two hour walking simulator, you know, or an hour and a half walking simulator, like you know the the creators will be like i can't believe you refunded my game because it was within the within the 2 hour refund limit i'm like i can't believe you made a 20 dollar game that had less than 2 hours of content you know yeah it seems weird but like you know portal 1 you could beat that in like 2 hours i think it was i think it was great maybe did you be, i don't know i don't think i beat it in 2 hours you could be you could beat portal I 1 in like 2 hours i think you can beat it in 2 hours i don't think i did Maybe not the first time. But yeah, like yeah, I yeah. I played through it again recently, and I, I beat it in like two and a half hours, something like that. Yeah, I think that if you already understand how the game works, I think when it came out, those kinds of puzzles weren't like commonplace. And, yeah. you know, it, I don't think you can measure your completion of a game based on your second playthrough of it, you know? Yeah, like Portal Portal 2, You, I'm pretty sure I beat it in about six hours. Yeah, I think I got, two, stream I think I got two streams out of Portal 2. Yeah. And then the multiplayer, that's another, like, six-ish hours. Maybe. Yeah, that was good. That Well, I got, like, one stream out of that playing with yeah. my friend. Well, now they just have Steam Workshop support, so you can just have custom levels forever. You can just play Portal 2 as much as you want. Yeah, someone made this whole, like, set of levels called, like, like you're playing as an alter character alternate character named Mel. I didn't yeah. like the puzzles, though. They weren't very good. I, everyone was like, this is great. And as I was going through it, I was like, this isn't very fun. I don't like this Well, it's all user-created, right? So... It's like it's like Mario Maker. Yeah. There are some really good levels in Mario Maker. And then there's like death trap levels where you secretly just like stand still. Well, and... what the the thing is is that like Mel I forgot what its actual title was, is like you can just download it from like it's like a, a free thing you can download in Steam. Um that's like it's not even from the workshop if Steam would do what I want it to do instead of being slow. Um but like, uh, let's see. It's not like Portal Revolution by any Portal chance, Stories. Portal Stories Mel. Um, I didn't like it. 
very much. Um, everyone like said it was the best shit. It has its own store page. Everyone said it was like the best shit ever. Uh, I I did not. I quit about halfway. I was like, this isn't very fun. It's a community made mod with its own store page. Um, huh. hi highly reviewed, but I just it wasn't getting the same. It wasn't giving me the same joy that the <laughs> main campaign did. Yeah. Um, I mean, visually, it looks pretty nice. Well, yeah. I mean, it's using all the same assets, so of course it would. Yeah. I, I would hope so if you just are using Source, you know, to with their content library from the game, just making that. Like, I would hope all of your items look the same as it did when it was used in the game. I'm just I'm just commenting on the fact that, like, Portal, Portal 2 came out, like, like a while ago right like yes came out in 2011 this is over 10 like this one this particular isn't over 10 years old but portal 2 is right and like those games just look great still a lot of source games are just well made they're made to stand the test of time a lot better you know i mean if you look at tf2 i mean that's ancient but it still looks fine yeah, I think it's the difference between like having a style versus having like high fidelity. Yeah, you know? agreed. Um, so you know, uh, I want to kind of transition into one more topic while we have the time. Um, yeah, I was thinking about this uh, earlier, but I've noticed recently there's a lot more anime uh, that I want to like watch lately, um, and. What I run into a lot of the time is that there's a lot of anime that never really grabs me. People are like, this one is really good. And then I'll like watch it and then I'll go, I don't get it. Like, this is fine. I feel I feel like I've been spoiled. I've been reading a lot more books recently. Mm. And well, when, a good like, book is a lot more a quote unquote like content for your yeah. for your time than uh than a lot of other mediums, right? Yeah, like I've been reading, uh, I just finished reading Brandon Sanderson's Way of Kings. Okay. Where basically the entire world is powered by storm magic. So like you can essentially charge gemstones by leaving them outside during what's called high storms. And you kind of just use them as batteries until the next high storm comes around. Huh. And all of the whole magic system is based around like, well, if there's no storms, then there's no magic. Interesting. Right? Um, and it, yeah, it is really interesting. And, you know, it has all these, like, this almost, like, Game of Thronesy thing, because it keeps bouncing between, uh, they're called the bridge crews. They fight on these, like, on these planes that have, like, big canyons. So they literally have, like, 30 people take these portable bridges and just, like, run them across the battlefield to try to put bridges down so that troops can cross the pits. Huh. So it keeps bouncing between that and, like, the high, prin the high princes who are, like, competing on these planes for, like one reason or another that i won't get into that's really but, interesting you know you, you know you, you you read something like that and you have all these politics and like betrayals and you know they they it, it, they literally have anime swords it's they they have something called shard blades and it takes 10 heartbeats to summon and it just appears in your hand and it's like and they're like six feet long and they they cut through anything they're basically lightsabers but they don't cut through organic matter they only cut through inorganic matter. Okay. Well, sorry, li sorry, living things versus not living things. So, like, if they, if you run a shard blade through a person, it'll sever like the nerve endings. So, if you like slice someone's neck, they'll just die because it it severs their spine. 
but like you can't which, physically cut them until which, they're already which is, dead which is a funny concept because those are living things yeah. bones are but living like, things but like once they're once they're dead uh they they're literally like cutting squares out of rocks so and like that that's very in interesting except for that part just now where you explained to me that nerves and bones can be severed because yeah like i, because I don't the know the author didn't understand that those things are living this is like five or there's like five or six books in this series so far i've only read the first one I it seems to be that there's like an can you cut wood? reason why can they cut wood? Yeah. Okay, well yeah. that's a living thing, so. But I don't know. I don't know how the rules work. <laughs> but it seems it seems to be that once something is no longer alive, well, then you can physically cut it. When I say wood, I mean trees. Can you cut trees? Right. I don't know. No one's actually. No one in the books has tried yet. Because obviously, you a, a, a wooden table is dead, right? Um, yeah. I uh, so I will say that I have not actually had someone with a shard blade, quote unquote, on screen try to cut a tree down. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting. I think that a lot of games are um a lot of games, a lot of anime, like the the stuff lately that people recommend to me, I'm not super interested in. Um I'm feeling a bit like uh, it, like I I recently have been watching uh this anime called Eminence and Shadow. Uh it's a total goof on it's it's weird because goofing on isekai is already mainstream now. Everybody's doing it, you know? Yeah. Uh, but this one is particularly funny because essentially some guy is just chuny. Like, in in his real life, his real everyday life, he, before he dies, he wants to be kick-ass. Like, actual kick-ass from the, from the... Like, he doesn't watch yeah. the movie kick-ass, but he's literally, like, carrying two crowbars, wearing a mask, and, ki and beating up, like, gangsters uh, to save a girl who was kidnapped because that's what he wants to do. and his whole thing is like i he wants to live like a second life like in the in the real life he wants to be a nobody he wants to be like nobody thinks he's amazing nobody's interested in him he wants to be a total background character but then at night he puts on the mask you know like yeah. that's his chuny like dream so he like works out every day then he gets hit by a truck and dies um truck coon comes around and solves his his isekai problems yeah so don't have to worry about it we love truck coon so then he ends up in this other world where he's like the you know uh this world has magic and he's a son of this like minor nobility with an older sister who's like a genius um and he is and in this world they have like dark knights which are like magic swordsmen um and he goes out of his way to all but he remembers he remembers his past life so he's all those advantages right that the isekai gets from having remembering your past life but he um he is just as exceptional as his sister but he doesn't really he doesn't show that off so he's always like losing to his sister in duels acts like a soft boy you know average 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 no one like has hopes and dreams on him but then at night he's like been studying he's turned like a slime into like a manipulatable magic weapon so he can like produce these like blades out of this slime out of nowhere and he goes around killing bandits and like stealing all their stuff maniacally uh, while like like wearing this hood and calling himself Shadow, and so his whole thing is like, but it's not about being good, it's just about being like, it's like I must be like the Shadow in the night. No one must. It's like he ha he wants to live the fantasy. He doesn't necessarily care if it's good or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like he ends up like finding this like girl who's like horribly mutated and turning her back to normal, and she like devotes herself to him, and he does this over time, and ends up forming this like organization out of these girls but in his head uh they're all just playing he's just some girls that he helped 
and they're just playing along with his like chuny fantasy and like yeah. he doesn't think so when eventually they're all like we must go out into the world and expand the organization we hate to leave you but we must go and what he says to himself is like well I understand that they could only play along with my bullshit fantasy for so long they've got to go and live their own lives and this is their way of leaving while playing into it yeah and then they come back later and are like really like have formed like a major organization in his name but it the funny thing about this story without revealing anymore is that like he's like made up this cult that he's like fighting against but there is a cult that he's fighting against but he doesn't think they're real he thinks that it's just like local criminals doing stuff and he's just like he's just creating the fantasy that he wanted to create in his past life everyone's just playing along with him he he and in his whole goal is always to like be as background character as possible so like i want to get dumped publicly you know i want to be like unimportant i want to lose in a tournament to someone you know and make yeah. it as like extravagant of a loss as possible you know to be as background of a character as i can be like it's it's really really it's really good it's just really good and um i've been watching Mobile Suit Gundam, The Witch from Mercury. It's really good. Mm. Um, I watched Your Boy Kong Ming. That was really fun. Um, yes. And and all of these came out within a time frame that I had gone like a year without watching any anime. Yeah. Because nothing anyone recommended was good to me. I didn't like it. Yeah. Like it, it's it's all, I don't know. It's weird, right? So the more the more i read books and i get to have like these complex stories and whatnot i find that more and more anime is becoming too surface level for me mm, okay so like That's i remember watching yeah i remember watching things like steinskate sure or shield hero or angel beats or toradora and these all have like really interesting characters and all there's a lot more depth to them than something like sword art fuck you reki kawahara you can't write your way out of a paper bag right issue um but like so so you know like i'm watching chainsaw man because it's it it's just the manga in anime form sure they've they've changed basically like nothing one. about yeah. it yeah and like when people are like, "Oh, are you enjoying Chainsaw Man?" I'm like, "Oh, it's Chainsaw Man." It's what I it's what I asked for. It's what I wanted. Like I don't have any complaints. Like they they just finished the Eternity Devil arc this week. Yep. And you know it has one of the best jokes in the in the in the manga where powers like I'm gonna win a Nobel Prize and then I'm, that's gonna be my springboard to becoming Prime Minister and then I'm gonna start a 100% sales tax. <laughs> I can't think of a better and, way to make humans suffer. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, it's like, power. You're so <laughs> stupid. You're so stupid. <laughs> or she like eats all the food. Yeah. And her face is like covered in crumbs, and she's still like chewing. And she's like, and she's like, Denji did it. Denji did it. Yeah. Like this bitch lies as easily as she breathes. But she's and... not a very good liar. No. Yeah. It, I mean, that's the thing, right? Um, I I watch a YouTuber by na the name of Gikuk. He's pretty cool pretty good famous. i used to watch him yeah yeah i well i like his um you know spring anime in a nutshell or whatever it's a good way to look for something new um but i find that only maybe like one out of every like or two out of every like batch of his recommendations or anything i'd ever actually watch yeah you know what i mean like he'll he'll say like this is good like i tried to watch like call of the night 
and I just lost interest really fast after like three episodes. I was like, ah, I'm not interested in this. And he was like, he really praised that. And I was just like, it's not my vibe. And I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying that like so often people recommend stuff to me and then I'm just kind of like, this is fine. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck. What was it? I feel that way there about games a... too. I feel like people tell me a game's going to be good and I'm like, this is fine. Yeah, I think people are just a lot more, they have a lot more uh, leniency on like what is and isn't good. So like, I, I you know, I kind of did the same thing where I was given a list and me and my girlfriend tried a bunch of them. And I remember only two of them actually being good out of the like 11 and that was uh, ID Invaded and Darwin's Game. Because ID Invaded was like, you get into this pod to go into like a serial killer psyche. And it was, basi it was basically anime psychonauts, but okay. with, ser with serial killers. So you go in and you like, you know, the guy who likes to drill holes through people's skull. Uh, he sees everything as like disjointed and like incomplete because like... Uh, the hole allows you to like your brain to breathe or something. Oh, that's a trepanation. Okay. Yeah. Tre so trepanation is when you like release pressure on the brain by drilling a hole. There's been a couple animes that did that where like if you drill a hole, like all of a sudden you can see the world because now your brain can breathe. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like so like ID invaded, like the the twist is um the only people that can use these uh, these pods that allow you to go into the serial killer psyche is other serial killers. Interesting. So like they they basically have these a couple people in this like mental institution and they kind of like lead them out whenever they're trying to catch somebody. And then Darwin's game was basically just one of those I, like I actually, battle royales. Yeah, I watched Darwin's game. You want to know what my problem is with Darwin's game? Um, because I continued the story. It was a cool concept. This is what happens with a lot of them. It's a really cool concept at first, and then it becomes, like, more important than this. Like, the death game becomes, like, something greater, and then you're like, oh, I've lost interest now. This is Yeah, like, because like, it started off as just, like, a phone game with matchmaking, right? Right, like you a like, phone... You, like, uh, press uh, the button... Yeah, like you're gonna kill somebody. You know, you two are gonna fight each other because matchmaking. Yeah. yeah, like and you can you can like pay to have to like not show up in matchmaking for like ten hours. So you can sleep and mm -hmm. yeah, but, you know, like oh okay, that makes sense because you know all phone games have that with like multiplayer where you can like put a safety bubble around you because you like need to go to work or something. Right. And it's like okay, okay, and then the, uh, they make like what, what's the organization called? The Crows. Yeah, because I all of a sudden called. all these people start forming into like alliances and like, ooh, now it's not like one v one. You know, now it's like oh, because like early on they make it seem like teaming up with someone is something a fool would do, and then as time goes on they're like oh, actually lots of people team up. Uh, it happens yeah, all the people time. team up all the time. And it's like, they're, wait. The, the main antagonist of the first season is a gang. Right. So, like, <laughs> see, they, they make it seem like it's rare for people to team up, only for them to turn around and go like, oh, actually, no, it's the most powerful people always team up. Yeah. Like, I don't know. So, out of the whole list, those were, like, the only two that I, I watched start to finish. Yeah. I, um, I don't know. Uh, you know, recently a couple games have come out that I've been really enjoying, but it, with like with anime, it's the same thing. Games come out, and I'm just kind of like, mm. eh. I, people are like, oh, this one's really good, and then I play it, and I'm like, oh, this is, you know, this is fine. I, I find fine. that I like them a lot for a little bit, and then I quickly burn out, where I'm just like, oh, this is it. 
Like That's this is it. this is the line. This is like now it's just more of the same for the next seven hours, ten hours, fifteen hours, whatever. I'm like, oh, well, I think I'm good yeah. now. <laughs> so like, it sounds really cool until it isn't. Um, yeah, like, yeah, and it all comes down to like the gameplay loop, right? Right. Dark Tide's gameplay loop is really good. Yes. You know, you're you're kind of doing the same missions over and over. It just changes the objective slightly. Like the mission where you. Uh, take the pods and you have to bring them to the ship because they're filled with ammo or something is almost exactly the same as putting the power cells in the foundry it's just the the map's different well you know what and and to even go with that they often reuse it so the one you're mentioning is chasm logistratum right yeah the special ammo one um but another mission uh just goes in reverse through that level it's literally the same level for the most part but reversed um normally you reach like you 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 drop in so like for let chasm logistrum you start at this side of a dilapidated bridge and move down it normally you move up to the gate that you come into the level from that from and go off to the side and go into a pathway to lead into hab draco right yeah so there's like, also though there's also the one where you start at street level in like a slum and you work your way down or right. you start in the sewers and work your way up to the slum. Right, exactly. Um, and yeah. it, it, I'm actually impressed by it because one of the problems with Vermintide was that it had uh, the um, it had it had an issue with uh, replayability for me because like other people were like, oh, I want to do the same fucking level again, but on a higher difficulty. Um, but you know, for each campaign, there's only a couple levels, right? And so, like, doing the Garden of More was awful. I didn't really like it, and having to do Is it. Is that the swamp one? Yeah, and that's. I hate the swamp yeah, one. Yeah, it's like, like, <laughs> um, well, no, 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 that's not the swamp one. That's the, um, that's the, and I think that was that was I think Swamp of More is Vermintide one. So that's the graveyard that leads into like the area where you have to destroy the Doom wheels. Yeah, it has all the ruins and stuff, and you have to like stop the portal from opening the, or whatever. Yeah, the Swamp one is like the early one for Vermintide two's first campaign, where you have to like kill the guy, the the champion of chaos at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But like the the problem is is like doing the same levels over and over isn't as exciting. Um. Dark Tide is making you do that because they're rotating the missions while it's in the the, the beta, the beta. The, beta. Um, the beta that's really just a them slowly implementing everything as they make sure it works. Um, yeah. The the thing is is like because they can reuse assets, but they do it slightly different. So like okay, like the other night I I didn't even realize I had done it a few times. There's a level um, going into the Obliette where you go through an area. And then um, you go through an area and then you go up and then you walk out into this pathway and move ahead into the place. There's a different mission, which I think was a sabotage mission, where that same segment after the stairs, you're actually going through it in reverse. And I didn't realize that's what we were doing because when you go into it from reverse and then instead of leaving through the same door you came in at the other level, you actually turn to the side and leave through a different set of doors. And, and it's like by having you go in reverse and also come in and leave through separate doors yeah you don't realize it's the same area because they change the lighting and it just all feels very different and it means that they can take these set pieces from different levels and create a new level and it really feels like a new level with a new experience you know the objectives are different the you know uh, the 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 vibe is different and it creates a different 
feeling. So it feels like you're playing a, a new level, which means they're going to be able to create a lot more. And it means they're going to be able to add new stuff to the game a lot faster without like because because Seeing the train station for the 50th time right or maybe you will see the train station but this time you're actually going to get on a train right like maybe you're going to get there and get on a train and then get dumped somewhere else like the thing is is it's like the, the idea of reusing assets to create new experiences means instead of having to wait six months or a year for vermintide to drop one new level because it's all bespoke you'll be able to they'll be able to create something new much faster because the amount of new things that they have to new assets they have to create to add it to the game will be much less. And so they can create something new and interesting on a much faster cycle. I think that's really cool. I commend them for it. I think it's good. Some people would say, oh, it's reusing assets. They'd be like, well, good, because right, you know, Vermintide's issue was I got bored after I finished everything. Yeah, like, oh, sweet. I can't wait to do this one campaign with the same four missions again. Yeah. But like, it's slightly harder this time because I need better gear. Yep. And the previous difficulty didn't scale well enough to give me better gear i will say the only uh, the only thing i don't like about the game that isn't just like some of the complaints i'm going to have in a video i'm putting out soon is um i don't like when you load in with a character for the first time and you're basically just a guardsman with a different f button um yeah i i really think that it's like the fact that it takes so long to start feeling like a psyker or the fact that it takes so long to get like weapons that are interesting like i was talking about the fact that right now nobody plays guardsmen right like no there no I, one plays veterans yeah yeah i i run into so i i have some friends that have been pushing really high difficulty and they asked me to come play with them and i of course had a guardsman and so i was like yeah i'll come play veteran and they were like wow the game is so different with a veteran because no one they knew played veterans so they had an ogre everyone plays zealots yeah there's a million Fucking, zealots there's like four zealots in like every party uh, yeah it i i literally played a four zealot game the other day because i was leveling up a zealot for for kicks um, oh, you and I played together, and it was three zealots and a psyker. <laughs> yeah, it was, and and it sucks because honestly, uh, I think Ogren and veterans are the most important to the success of a team. I think I think I'm gonna switch over and start leveling an Ogren because, like, I I think I'm just bad at shooters now. I think I'm just bad at them. So, like, if I'm an Ogren, I don't have to aim that hard. It's a grenade launcher. It'll it'll probably hit them. Probably. Ogren are so useful to the team. See, here's the thing: Ogren protect your party, and uh, by by blocking and picking up and keeping people keeping guys off of other guy off of your team. And guardsmen delete specials. They protect your team by killing. And if you yeah. have a, a veteran and an ogren, then the other two are sort of irrelevant. They can be whatever you want them to be. Um, yeah, like zealots are really good at clearing hordes. Like, sure, really good, especially if they have a flamer. Yeah, or just an eviscerator after you rev it. Fucking... it, it the evis. I was playing it with the other the other night. The eviscerator is really really great, but uh, nothing deals with it. like even on higher difficulties, being able to just hold down the button to just stagger and burn a horde. It, it, my team was just standing there going, wow, normally we're like really fighting here. Now we're just standing here while you deal with this. Well, that's this. what I was saying, right? Like when we were playing the other day, you said that someone said that the flamer was bad and it's like, no, you just have to use it correctly. Admittedly, that person, when I said, well, why? And they're like, well, it, I have no range, so I can't deal with any problems. And I'm like, well, I'm here. And they're like, Oh yeah, because once once they realize that like with me there, I'm compensating for their lack of range by being a veteran, 
you yeah. know so so okay why did i bring up veteran though because because we're about out of time um i brought up veteran because um one of its major problems is that you know i had another friend saying you know the problem with veteran is twofold one it's not flashy right so when you're making the character your option is a crazy religion a, a, well yeah. no it's a crazy religious person uh, a, a, a crazy psychic person, a big fuck off guy or dude with gun, right? Dude and dude with, dude with gun doesn't feel impressive if you're not the kind of person like me that actually is a little bit tired of how of unique characters and would like more more games about generic people. I just um, want to play Call of Duty. Yeah, a little bit. Well, not even Call of Duty. I just want like, I don't need my character to always be the destined hero. Sometimes it would be if it was just like a, a dude, you know, a dude who like just does things is pretty cool. Um, but like the, the thing is, is that then if you can entice them to click it, then they load in, they're given the most boring las gun and it's not particularly interesting until, uh, like level eight when you start getting shotguns and revolvers and then, oh man, once you get to the point where you can have a bolter, you're like feeling now you're high. Now you're like, wow, this class is amazing. Um, yeah. but you don't get to experience that. So like, I think people get filtered because a zealot is immediately running in and hacking people to death. A psyker is immediately exploding heads. An ogren is immediately, they've got this one-shot shotgun that just destroys someone, and they can just run in and melee people to death with a mace, right? Like, all of the things that make those classes amazing are there right away. And Guardsman yeah. is just shooting a las gun. It's not very interesting. Um, so I think that, you know, but all of the classes have those issues, though, right? Because, like, some of the most iconic ogren weapons don't come until you're higher level and you yeah. sure you could see that as the reward for playing it i i think it makes the it makes it less interesting you know i think i started seeing flamers and chainswords at like level 8 yeah something like that they and lowered like, that you, it was used to be higher yeah it used to be like 15 yeah they did clearly they got the memo <laughs> yeah. someone else was making this complaint because they like cut it in half yeah, because, like, I remember there was a patch one day, and my shop just had, like, a flamer and a chainsword in it. And I was like, I don't even care if these are a, different, a lower item level than what I'm using. At least I have a unique class now. I'm I not just guy I, with lasgun with a dash. I think that they should have made it so that every weapon was available right away, but then made all the weapons equally interesting. Instead, they made weapons that are really sort of like generic and boring, and that's what you have until like level 10, and then you start getting the unique stuff. And I'm like, man, what if lasguns were like cool from the beginning, but you had to choose, well, do I want a lasgun or a bolter because they're both interesting, you know? Instead, yeah, they have it's different like, uses too, right? Like a semi-auto, medium to long range weapon versus a bolter. Yeah, well, you get a you get a fully automatic, uh, super accurate lasgun later called the recon oh, lasgun. It's amazing. I didn't know that. It's very fun. Uh, it's very weird feeling because it has no recoil because it's a laser gun, right? Yeah. So it's just just you're just laser beaming people rapid you fire you can just laser beam a plague ogre in 100 to zero but but the bolter's better right the bolter is better for deleting specials the problem is only has like 17 rounds right so you run mm. out of ammo really quick it's very slow reload animation um but like if you had to make those decisions early on that all of them were good and interesting and thematic from the get-go but it was like well what do you want but like it reaches a point where the the, the funny ogre and mace is like yeah, you could have that, or you could have the mace with a shield. The shield is just yeah, better. The shield's just better. 
you know like sure there are some mechanics that the mace has like it stacks bleed but like i had someone go oh sick it stacks bleed now i'm gonna start using it and then they're like yeah i need to switch back to the shield this just isn't very good well, yeah because like the pro the problem like if you have the flamer the flamer applies a dot but if a horde is running towards you and you literally just like flip it to full auto and hold it down that entire cone is gone you don't right. have to deal with any of those anymore it doesn't really matter that it's a dot because you're just going to delete them right but if you're sitting there swinging your mace is it really even worth having a, a bleed dot on your mace because you kind of want to just one shot regular mobs anyway it's helpful for big specials and bosses that's who it's useful for so if you're fighting like a, a plague ogren or you're fighting like the big armored ogren the bleed stacks are really useful because then like they go down much quicker even if they're heavily armored with a lot of health um but against your average enemy it's not and with but those yeah it just seems like it's good 10 percent of the time well in the enemies you've described right like so like let's say you have that well if my ogren has the crusher or the bulwark on lockdown uh, and I'm your veteran, and I have a bolter, uh, I just unload my magazine into that crusher, and they die. They just die. Because yeah. because I have the, the bolter's anti-armor. You know? Yeah, like, I can, I as a zealot, can rev my eviscerator and heavy attack any special, it, it will just die. Yeah, for any of the, like, m medium to small non, specials. Every yeah. non any non-Ogren special. Yeah, it I takes, just, it takes like, twice with the, with, the, with the big ones. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. The Eviscerator's really, really good. Um, that's the thing, right? So, it's like, at the end of the day, you end up using the same weapons because they're just... They're just better. And that's... They're that's just a, good. They're ju that's the problem with it, is that, like they should have just made every weapon viable because i i ran into that when i was playing uh vermintide right like if i was playing carillion a lot of the time i found myself never i'd always just use one kind of bow because there was no reason to use a different one like this one was always effective like the rapid fire bow i know some people swear by like some of the others but i just found that like the rapid fire bow if i just like i could just delete bosses with that you know i i because i just unload into them and all their yeah, health would be gone. Yeah, and you have your chaos mage nuking like nuking hordes anyway. Right, right, exactly. Like, you know, and 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 I could always hit my like seeking arrows to like delete like a swarm of of storm vermin, you know. So it's just like you you really need to make things equal but different, which is hard, yeah. but it's what you need to do. So what I would do is I would make more class exclusive weapons. So, like, the Eviscerator you can only get as a Zealot. If you're not a Zealot, you can't have an Eviscerator. You can't have a Flamer. Um, I think that it would be more mechanically interesting to have uh, those types of weapons earlier, but not everyone can have them. Because, mm. like, basically no one gets to use any Ogryn weapons. Ogryn is, these are my weapons, they're mine. Right. You, you can't have them. Yeah. So if they had the Veteran, like, Psyker only the too. Veteran can... Yeah. Yeah, like with four staffs and four swords. But it, so if the veteran was like, I am the only one that's allowed to have a bolter, I think more people would play it. Yeah, because right now bolters can, you know, anyone, well, anyone can take a, well, I don't know if psychers can. I know that, that zealots get bolters later. Yeah. Um, but they get less ammo for it, right? Um, so like, 
but yeah, I agree. Like if if more classes were or more weapons were class exclusive, um, it would it would make it a lot more interesting. Um, I also just think that those weapons in general need to be just as interesting. I think that, you know, you need to be deciding, do you want a power hammer? Do you want the eviscerator? Like, why would you ever use a chain sword if you can have an eviscerator? You're they're both, you're not, you're not wielding a pistol while using it. So like you're all, you know, either way you're just meleeing. The difference is, mm -hmm. is that eviscerators cleave and regular chain swords don't cleave. So why would you ever not just take the eviscerator? Yeah. And it has a wider reach and it, at least mine mine has bonus damage for every enemy that i cleave with it so like it is just a better version of the chain sword exactly you know? yep but if it was like zealots get eviscerators veterans get chain swords i'd be like okay because like yeah well chains, and let's like, make the, the chain sword, sword do still something mechanically. yeah like, like the chain sword is still mechanically interesting if you rev it you still kill like any non-ogren special sure right um but it doesn't have the reach in the cleave as the eviscerator because if you want to play if you want to have the better one you need to play this other class you want to know what the problem is with that though the the regular chain sword kind of just sucks because if you are a veteran you're already a single target deleting specialist your goal is to hit f and delete specials right um, you don't need a weapon, a melee weapon that does that. What I find is that the power sword is way more important on the veteran because when you hit the the power up, the electricity, and then swing it, you one hit most uh, most medium, like most non-special enemies. And that's when you need it because if you're using a bolter or a revolver or a shotgun, uh, you need crowd clear, right? Yeah. So your you melee generally want to have one of your weapons be the crowd clear and your other weapon be the, the single, single target. target. Yeah. And so why in the world would I ever take a weapon that doesn't cleave on a veteran when I'm using m any of my really good enemy deleting ranged weapons? Yeah. And, th and that's kind of like, I, in a way, you could almost say that the eviscerator is too good because it's great at single target it's great at aoe it has good cleave it has good reach but that's what it sh that's the thing that's what the zealot should be good at right because because the zealot shouldn't be good at range the zealot should be good at close range and medium range exclusively that's like what their shtick is yeah their long range weapons kind of suck well but they don't like a las gun they can get a bolter they can get the revolver they can get any gun that can one shot i was telling people I'm like just use the revolver just try it people are like oh i don't know it's not good i'm like whoever told you it wasn't good is full of shit and someone's like oh well i think it's downsized you only have five rounds i'm like uh it penetrates so if you shoot like one medium guy like like the, the scabs and there's like another guy behind him both their heads explode like uh, you can triple shot enemies i've done it right just triple headshot like it's 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 really good and it will like pop uh, a shotgunner or a gunner in the head if you just hit f and shoot them they're done if you unload the full set of rounds into like a heavy armored guy with with um combat stance active you'll delete like a, a big special like it's it's actually very good people just don't know that because they've been playing with a las gun and they're spending all their time in melee but yeah if... i thought it's, I, th I thought the revolver's whole problem is you get like two bullets no, you get five rounds and you have a lot of rounds. It's just that if you're using it, you're going to run out. But like that's true of any gun except the last gun. You're going to find yourself out of ammo a lot because that's how the game works. Yeah. You know, like I feel like I'm constantly starved for ammo on a flamer. Yeah, that's just how it 
that's just how the game works, right? But like, I think people have just a bunch of things they made up about the revolver, having like never used it. And so they have no clue. Cause like I had someone tell me, oh, I didn't like the revolver. Then I used it with them. And they're like, wow, you're really deleting guys. And I'm like, yeah, it's a good gun. It's a good gun until you get the bolter. The bolter is just the better version. Yeah. Um. So, you know, but there's your problem, right? Once you get a bolter, why the fuck would you use a revolver? Yeah, it's, it, it, I think it's, I think that's where the difficulty is going to come in, right? So like from a, from, from a gameplay perspective, what can we do that makes the, the revolver better than the bolter? Exactly. Right? Like even, even if it's just one thing, right? So, so like if we added a cleave to the chainsword and they're like, oh, but this is just like a worse eviscerator. And it's like, yes, this is a worse eviscerator, but like. You don't get to have that because that's the zealots thing. So we're going to give you one that's kind of like that. But you're you're always going to know that the better one is on this other class. Mm. And I think that would to totally be OK. Like if if they came out tomorrow with like a veteran with some heavy artillery round bullshit, right? Like some so like some big fuck off anti-material rifle, mm -hmm. right? And like if you weak point uh, a beast of Nurgle, it does like a quarter of its health. But it only has like twelve shots. Mm -hmm. I bet people would still use it. Right. Well, it has a place. Oh, I think my opinion on that subject is, I don't think that it's a good idea to make one the worst version. I think the correct way to do it is to have everything be just as good but different. I think that no one should get the eviscerator. There should be a chainsword because those are cool. But the chainsword should do something that's just its own thing that's interesting like what if you could wield a pistol what if it wasn't just a chainsword what if it was like the guys in the dawn of war games where they have you know a pistol in one hand and a uh, a chainsword in the other right yeah well, that would that, probably make it different enough that would be well, it'd be very different right like because i don't i don't think there's any there's nothing any... like that you know i guess there's the the last gun with the bayonet but like what if weapons that didn't have cleave just had that like i the, i guess the point i'm making is like you need to find a balance between different uh because otherwise you inevitably just go why why would i ever if the chain sword is just a worse eviscerator then there's no reason to ever use it i should even for like a guardsman i should just use the power sword because when not revved it does the same thing and when it's specially used. It deletes things that are weak. Uh, and I have my my anti-material guns for big armored dudes. It, I, I don't use melee against the armored dudes. I don't need a charged up single target delete. I have my bolter or my revolver or whatever to deal with those guys. Do we, do we even have like an equivalent to like Kruber's blunderbuss? Where it, it you know, it, o it only has like... You only get like 20 shots total it holds five and you get an extra 15 but like aim it at the head of any special and it just goes away i'm not sure i mean obviously the ogren's like starting weapon is essentially that you know it's a single yeah. shot and you have a bunch of rounds and then you know i don't know we are out of time though so yeah we are we're gonna have to end it here um a little longer than usual but i guess we were really going um but yeah great talk today i really enjoyed this and uh uh, if you're watching, I hope you enjoyed it as well, and we will see you again next week. Thank you so much for watching the Better Opinion Podcast. Once again, I'm Kevin, and this is my co-host, Brock, and we'll see you next time.